0: now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Bhavani and I am tonight's co-host. I'm a master's student from Freehold, New Jersey, studying international relations, and I'm also an RA in Goddard.
1: And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host and serve as a senior associate VP of student affairs. Bhavani, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm
0: glad to be here. We're
1: glad to have you. Tell me a little bit about Goddard Hall, the res college.
0: All right, so... Goddard has been basically my home, so I lived there when I was a first year, I lived there my senior year as a first year RA, and now I'm a grad student returning to Goddard, so the residential college is, I think, unlike any other res hall community at New York University, so the residents all apply to be there, so they're all very close, they're very committed, they come there like knowing that in a big school like NYU, they want to make a community of their peers. And so you get a lot of residents that are super engaged. They're really willing to work with me, to work with the BLT, to plan a lot of amazing events. And I think in a way that makes my life easier because I know that I have to put in kind of less work to get them to come to my events or to come to their, invent their own things. And so I've loved it. Like, I love talking to my residents. I love working with my BLT. It's just, it's like my home at NYU.
1: A treasure that you found yeah. and then covered <laughs> at NYU. Yeah.
0: So tell me about
1: what you're studying and you decided to go to grad school here so you have the BA yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm in the bachelor's master's program. I did my undergrad in international relations with a minor in econ And then this is my first and last year I guess as a master's student also studying international relations
1: And what is it for you long term you think you want to do? Okay,
0: so long term I think it's kind of changed a little bit So I got to NYU thinking I wanted to study IR. That's what I knew when I came to NYU It's a honors program you had to apply to get in But I thought I wanted to go to law school after I graduated, but then Um, Working on my senior thesis especially last year, I started to get a little more interested in the research aspect of it, so I thought, you know, policy would be really cool working at a think Uh tank. I had a really great opportunity working at the United Nations last summer. And so I think that that might be something I want to return to maybe in a couple of years, like 10, 20 years down the line to work at the Secretariat or for a mission. That would be really cool. Fantastic. As yeah.
1: an NYU student, hopefully you've gone to the N- UN a couple of times. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Like I'd gone on tours, like I'd visited many times before, but to actually like, be there every day doing the work, sitting in community meetings, talking to diplomats, that was really awesome. That is awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, tonight we have a, a guest who has a similar path in terms of grad yeah. student in residential I college. I I'm so excited about that, Yeah. Who's our guest tonight?
0: Today our guest is Suheili Bautista-Carolina, who served as a grad RA in Goddard for two years during the 2008-2010 academic years.
1: And she worked for Ty Chrisman and Rogan Kirsch, who was the faculty fellow in residence.
0: Welcome Suheili, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on.
1: How are you, and where are you?
2: Hi, just want to say thank you for having me on tonight. It's such an honor to be able to speak to you, too. Right now, I'm based in my home city of New York and living in Brooklyn with my family. Outstanding.
1: Well, we're glad to have you. Tell us a little what you've done since you've graduated from NYU.
2: Yeah, so I actually attended both undergrad and graduate school at NYU. So since I've graduated grad school from Wagner in 2011, I've done a little bit of traveling. I lived in Paraguay for two years. I came back to New York and was involved in many of the things I've always been interested in, which are community building and the arts, cultural organizing work, and youth leadership. So those sort of elements or those key interests of mine have helped propel me into a career that's focused on all of those things combined now in the nonprofit sector. So, yeah, I've been doing doing a lot of work in the field since since i graduated. Sounds really
0: awesome. And I'm really interested in learning more later. So I also went to undergrad at NYU. So I'm a little curious kind of hearing your experiences with that transition. Like, what is it like studying at NYU as an undergrad and then being a graduate student? Did you experience the campus differently? Were you involved in different things? I'm really interested in hearing more about what that was like.
2: Yeah, you know, that's a great question because I am from New York, right, born and raised. And so I don't think people were necessarily expecting me to attend college in New York City. I I was sort of the student in class that always wanted to do something different, you know. So when I graduated from eighth grade, I actually went to boarding school in New Milford, Connecticut. It's called the Canterbury School. I went through a program called A Better Chance that funds basically highly talented and gifted students of color to attend private day and boarding schools all throughout New England. And so I had the grand opportunity to attend the Canterbury School. I was there for four years. My younger brother also attended. It was a co-ed high school. And it was phenomenal. It was such a great experience. I was, of course, you know, a leader on campus, very interested in equity and inclusion initiatives, very interested in women's rights. And I was a very active high school student on campus. And I think at the end of that experience, I was prepared to come back to my city. And I knew that I would experience it in a brand new way because I had been away for four, four years. I was really interested in NYU study abroad program. So even though I was excited about being back home, I knew that really this was going to be a launching pad for me to see the world. And so I studied in Florence my sophomore year, and I studied in Ghana my senior year. And so people are like, I never saw you on campus. I always laugh because I was away for, for a little bit of that. Um, so for me, I think that I definitely saw... New York City as my campus I know that NYU tries to inspire students to do that but for me it it truly was you know I could take the, the train uptown and I knew how to do that and I could go to my favorite pizza shop and I think it just became easier too for the community that I was part of to see more of the city through friendship with me so I think it was it was a really beautiful time for me to see my city in a different way and from a different vantage point.
1: Sally, what made you want to be an RA as a grad student since you weren't involved in the RA position as an undergrad?
2: Yeah, you know what? I feel like I missed my chance undergrad. And so when I had the opportunity, I, you know, when I found out that I was going to attend Wagner, it was just something that I really wanted to add to that experience. You know, I was always someone who was interested in community building and saw myself as a campus leader and felt that. You know, being an RA was such a honor at NYU, and it was just something that I wanted to try to do, you know? And I, I remember, too, being a freshman and just feeling like you didn't know what was going on, and many times just walking around campus and wishing you had things to do, and instead, you know, ending up not doing anything. And I wanted to make sure that I was helping students navigate the campus that I loved and to create community on campus in whatever way I could. And so that was what really inspired me to apply.
0: Awesome. What was it like being a graduate student, having gone through the entire undergrad process, then going back and being an RA for first-year residents? Like, how did your residents look to you? Like, did that shape how you interacted with them and the kind of events you planned for them? What kind of experiences
2: did you bring to them? I, my students or the residents on my floor always called me Mama Suha, like Mama. (laughs) So those are my little chickens. It was like, I think I just, I had already had that experience, you know, and so they looked to me as a mentor, as someone who was relatable, but also someone who, you know, would kind of give them the big sister side eye if they they were doing something that maybe they weren't supposed to do, you know? Um, So I think that having gone through the experience gave me almost like a level of trust. You know, that that I knew what was going on, that I had the knowledge, that I had the expertise. And so I think that my residents really were able to see me as a mentor, you know, and that was really special for me. I think I was also young enough because I hadn't spent so much time off campus that I still wanted to do all the fun things. You know, like I still wanted to engage in all of the undergrad type of fun because I was still in that range of age and likeness and we were still sharing many similar interests and experiences so that was really special and you know I still see my residents in New York I bump into them or I'll bump into them in the neighborhood and it's always so much love you know and they have such great memories of our time together and i think that that was such a special time for them every i remember my floor getting together all the time to do things like even if it was just hanging out in the hallway and i know many of my residents who lived on the same floor either some of them are married to each other some of them are still da- are dating wow. Wow. some of them are like still in the same little click that they were on in my floor and that just makes me really happy and proud because I think that together we were really able to create what felt like a family away from their families, you know, and that was my goal. And I I, sometimes when I see them I feel like we we were able to accomplish that.
1: What skills did you gain from the RA position before we talk about your life after the RA role?
2: Yeah. You know, I think that I brought a lot to the position that I was attempting to refine. I was very interested in shepherding a group to you know and leading a group, but sometimes I made mistakes and I I think that I was given the opportunity to be challenged and also the support from Ties to like step into greater roles, you know, throughout my time. And so I definitely think I walked away with the confidence to believe that I could really lead a cohort of people through an activity or through an event or through an experience successfully. And that in that space, I could also acknowledge what the gaps were for me and where other folks needed to step up to, to, you know, amplify their own strengths. So I think that I really walked away with a true spirit of collaboration in group settings and most essentially with confidence. I think confidence to lead and to be a patient and kind and challenging leader in other settings.
0: That's really great to hear. I think being an RA requires, like what you said, confidence and also a lot of empathy. And I can see how those skills would have really impacted your career in community organizing and arts going forward. Did anything
2: surprise you about being an RA? I think that I didn't understand how much I would, how deeply I would care about what happens to my residents. You know, I think that when you start off in the job, you feel like there's a certain level of responsibility that you have, but I really don't think that that hits you until you've taken your first, like, ambulance ride to the hospital (laughs) with a student and that you're deeply concerned about their safety and their health, and I just, and that was very monumental for me, you know. The more I did that, the more I realized that in order to be in the role, you had to be someone who cared about other people and, that you had to be someone who was invested in ensuring their safety at all times. And I think that that's very important work that I was surprised by. You know, I was surprised that 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 happened to me, that real care in others.
1: So, Haley, maybe we can talk a little bit about the day after graduation. What did you decide to do uh, once you got the degree? Where did you, What was your first career step?
2: Yeah, so I actually... Since undergrad, I, I remember that NYU had a undergraduate chapter of this organization called Amigos de las Americas, and it was sort of like a Peace Corps experience for high school and college students. So it was sort of, you know... Going abroad to Latin America, living with a host family, and executing some sort of community based initiative or project. And I had done that while I was at NYU as an undergrad, and I experienced that in Panama. I traveled to Panama and spent six weeks there living with a host family, and I really enjoyed that experience. And so when I graduated from graduate school, I wanted to apply to be a leader within the Amigos ladder leadership ladder and so i actually went to paraguay shortly after and served as the associate project director for that specific site and so i was responsible with myself and the project director for 70 you know north american students who came to paraguay to have that same experience i had had in panama as an undergrad and i think that was a really beautiful challenging moment for me as someone who had just only experienced school life right after having graduated and to really now see the world and see how I could apply the skills I had learned both as an RA and as a graduate student to real life situations where I was once again in the care of a group of youth leaders and cultivating their strengths and ensuring their safety interna- like in a, in, a, <laughs> in a whole other country. So that was really eye-opening for me. And I decided actually that I would stay that year and became the project director the next year. So I was really living there for almost two years throughout two cycles of that experience.
0: I can see the connections between how, you know, your role as an RA, really, and your experience as an undergrad, and NUE really helped you later on after you graduate. And that's really wonderful to hear going into the world after I graduate in the summer, like knowing that I can take these tangible skills to help me on the real world makes me feel a lot better. So what did you do afterwards, after your time? Where did you, where'd you go?
2: I think that my graduate experience, I also didn't mention that my first semester of graduate school, I was an RA, I was taking full-time classes at Wagner, and I was doing a full-time internship at the United States Mission for the United Nations, nine to five. So I was really busy the first semester of graduate school, but I think that I, I thought I was really interested in this type of international service work, right? Like United Nations work, or UNICEF work, or this type of service abroad, I, I thought that this would be where I landed ultimately. And I even did my capstone project for Wagner in Egypt at USAID. So I thought really that I would land in another country doing service work, whether for a U.S.-based organization or for a you know, organization based in that very country. So I really thought I had my plans laid out. But after two years in Paraguay, I really missed home and I missed New York and I missed the culture and my family and my friends. And because community was so important to me always, and it always has been, I decided to move back to New York. So when I moved back to New York in 2012, I started working at a youth leadership organization in the Bronx. And then shortly after that work, I moved on to Global Kids, which was based in, in New York. and had satellite schools all over. So I was teaching social justice through the arts at Global Kids. And so, you know, I think I took a step back after that to analyze what was important to me and what continued to be constant in my career And sort of start thinking about what I was married to, you know, professionally and what I wanted to do that I hadn't done yet. And for me, what came out of that was being formally in the arts scene. You know, I think I had like dabbled in being in arts and culture and arts was all, The arts were always very special for me, but I hadn't had a formal career at an organization whose sole purpose was the arts, right? So I volunteered for an exhibition from Creative Time at the Kara Walker Domino Sugar Factory exhibition. And I think that was the first experience that I had where I was like, this is really magnificent and I want to be part of this. And so my volunteer experience led to like a part-time role and that part-time role led to a full-time role. And that's how I got into the art scene in New York City.
1: Outstanding. Uh, you know, we have the uh, tagline in and of the city, but it really should be Saheli, in and of the world because my goodness, <laughs> yeah. you, you are really a world traveler. What did you learn from being a person of the world? Because you've been to a lot of places and seen a lot of different cultures.
2: I learned what was important to me. You know, I learned about people, I learned about how similar our needs and desires are, you know, all over the world. I am so inspired by other cultures. It became very important for me later on as I built my own family and and got married and had a child to see the world together with my family because it had moved me so much that I wanted to ensure that the people that I love also got to see the world and have it touch them too. So it's helped me understand what I care about the most. And I think that that is communities and ensuring that communities have access to their own power and that they get to experience their own cultures wherever they go. And I really do think that travel has played an essential role in helping me understand my purpose.
0: How do you kind of bring that understanding when you're talking to the people that you work with, whether it was the students, when you're doing social justice, the arts, kind of how are you transferring that world experience that you had, you know, that empathy that you've gained from all those travels with the people that you're working with?
2: It's really special to bring my entire story into the conversation whenever I'm talking with youth, especially youth that look like me and came from the same background as me, because I think... You know, my story is really special and unique, but it doesn't have to be the only one. You know, I think that sometimes when I'm speaking to youth particularly, it sounds like it's made up, you know, or like it's impossible. And so for me to be able to tell my truth and to show them pathways to access these same experiences that I had, is really special. Like I watch their, light, their eyes light up and with possibility. And I'm also able to keep it really real and talk about barriers and talk about challenges and talk about the times that maybe I didn't get what I want or where I had a unexpected, you know, experience in the world. So yeah, I feel like I have been able to bring both the real and the inspiring and also the truth, and the challenge to, to, to the conversation. And I think that through the arts, it's become really simple. I mean, in a sense, right? Because I think there's there are many years of figuring out how to do this and who does this. And I didn't study art as an undergrad. I mean, I studied literary arts as an undergrad, but I didn't study visual arts. And so for me, it's also like I'm learning as I go. And it, saying that publicly and being honest about where I'm at with learning about the visual arts is also really important in the work that I do. But, you know, bringing in art from other cultures is another way that I can say, you know, here's what's made in my native land or here's some art from Ghana. I studied abroad in Ghana or here's some, you know, I'm able to really, every, every culture has some sort of art form and, and beautiful visual aesthetic. And so to be able to bring that in to teach about art and to teach about justice and power and voice is almost like a standard part of what what I'm doing these days.
1: Social justice work is so important, and you know how we prioritize that here at NYU. Tell me a little bit about how you find balance. I worry about folks who continue to give and, and unpack others' experiences in their own. How, how do you take care of yourself?
2: That's an excellent question and one that I feel like I'm always thinking about because you're right. I think that even in particularly within the community of folks working in justice work, there is this inevitable burnout and it comes from the devotion, right? It comes from the exhausting, constant work that we do. And so Two years ago, I think almost three years ago now, I started studying herbalism, spiritual herbalism. So I'm actually an herbalist now. I studied with a master herbalist right here in Brooklyn and an apothecary called Sacred Vibes Apothecary. I always want to shout out my my master herbalist and my teacher because all of my learnings have come from that source. So I think herbalism has really been a practice that has helped me to pace myself. And to nourish myself and I think the lessons within that work have been so valuable and permanent for me and so I've learned you know about the magic of plants and herbs and healing the self and pause and regeneration and nourishment and those lessons I think are important to me not just in my herbalism practice but they're things that I take with me in my daily work which is not to say that I don't experience the same r- roller coaster rides of emotion and stress as anyone in my community of justice workers does. But I think that for me, I've now acquired a tool that is going to really support me in this work.
1: That's excellent and uh, so necessary in this complicated uh, world that we all live in. What books or podcasts or other things out there influence your work?
2: It's funny because. I feel like after I became a mother in 2017, my relationship to books has changed so much because you are reading kids <laughs> books right. I like love books I actually started a Afrofuturism book club in 2014 and we've been reading together for five years and I was like, put it on pause a little bit since I had the baby because I was like I don't have time to read so I'm getting into the world of audiobooks which is so bizarre to me even as a millennial I'm still like I want to read the book but I'm getting there and he think that I need to just face the fact of like my time and And capacity at this point, but I do think that Afrofuturism has always been super influential to me personally, and now more more so that I'm working with youth because I think the genre itself it offers a way for us. I'm talking about people of color to imagine futures where we exist. You know, where where the possibilities are endless, and where the future contains us, and where we are leaders in the story. Right. So I think that that. Fantastical, radical way of imagining has always been very special to me. So, you know, I'm a huge Octavia Butler fan. I'm reading Wild Seed. We're reading Wild Seed for my book club right now. So, that's something I'm reading. I'm reading Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown, which I think is a fantastic book for all organizers, both justice workers, you know, campus leaders, RAs. I think it's a phenomenal resource. And I'm reading Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis right now through audiobooks, I will say that. So it's taken me longer (laughs) to read that one, but I am. Those are the three titles that I'm reading currently and, you know, reflective of the kinds of books that I'm interested in.
1: Lifelong learners. We love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love Yeah, I love hearing about how your personal interests and your private work and the work that you do for your career, how they all intersect in these great and fascinating ways and how you just, I guess, keep growing in all these avenues. That's wonderful. It's amazing to hear. I wanted to ask you, do you still stay in contact with
2: other RA alums?
1: This is
0: your chance for shout outs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely keep in touch with Jarrett Gilbert. He's in Portland now. Chelsea, in New Jersey there's so many I'm just like there are many RAs too that I knew but that weren't RAs in Goddard or anything like that but Jared has been my most you know my the closest friend that I've kept in touch with through the RA network so that's been great
1: he's a great guy too I've stayed in contact with him from time to time a pretty inspirational person We're going to jump to speed round now. So this is a chance for you to take a moment and give us a little bit about your NYU impressions. Who is your favorite NYU professor?
2: Oh, Kamal Brathwaite. Easy. Comparative literature, Asian, world-acclaimed poet. I still keep in touch with him. He wrote part of my wedding vows. He's a super special person in my life, always has been and always will be. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Oh, so many. I mean, it's so easy. We definitely did a Mary-Kate and or Ashley have no idea sighting. That's probably the most memorable. But, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so I don't get that (laughs) starstruck.
1: You see them all the time. (laughs) Most memorable service project you worked on as an undergrad or grad student?
2: Yes. So Jared and I actually organized Goddard's first alternative spring break to new orleans shortly after katrina and we did that together for two years so that will always be very special to me and has been the reason why my relationship to that city in particular has remained and stayed so strong over the years
0: it's amazing best place in new york city to hang out my house
2: i mean (laughs) this is
0: this is too easy
2: we're coming over later (laughs) Uh, i love brooklyn Museum. Uh, Shout out to Brooklyn Museum. They have such incredible, thought-provoking, inspiring exhibitions. Go see Frida. It's almost closing. Yeah, Brooklyn Museum is, is definitely up there.
0: All right, so Haley, thanks so much for spending time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. It's really been wonderful hearing your experiences, and as always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version of RA life.
1: So Haley, what a special person you are. We really appreciate you taking time, but more importantly, we thank you for being a role model for our, all of us.
2: Mm, Thank you. Thank you both. And thank you for this opportunity and shout out to all the RAs on campus, past, present, and future. Love it.
1: Thank you. Thanks. And special thanks to my engineer, Juliana Fonseca-Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums like Ty Christman and professor, now vice vice provost, uh, Rogan Kirsch, and to all of the folks who have assisted these great RAs in skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whatthey'rereading.blogspot.com. Until next time, think about how you can make our communities better each and every day.